Hello, friend! You are listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod, an all-things Wizard of Oz podcast that will take you over the rainbow and down a yellow brick rabbit hole as we pull back the curtain on American culture's most visited fairyland. We are your hosts, Tara and MK, the royal revisionists of Oz and roommates in Queens, New York here to preserve the rustic emeralds of yesteryear and reimagine an Oz for today and future generations. This season, we will be deep diving with the melodies of the many musical adaptations of L. Frank Baum's original Oz book, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, taking up residency in the 1939 classic MGM film, as well as the 70s super soul hit, The Wiz. Visit our Insta at Down the Yellow Brick Pod for an accompanying scrapbook and fave space to connect, as well as our Patreon community where we continue the escapism and entertainment with Tiny Oz concerts, acoustic coffee shop covers and mashups, not sponsored by NPR, and other good witchy perks for each Patreon tier. Our Patreons are truly our MVPs. Consider joining our Oz fam today, it would truly make our day. May the world of Oz continue to be a bewitching escape in bewildering years, nostalgic and nuanced, and a magical refuge where two gals and queens can cross yellow brick roads with wonders like you. Okay, M. To ease us back into the Emerald City arrival, I thought I'd share this with you, which blew my mind. You ready? I am so ready. Oh, the O's of Over the Rainbow? The O's of Over the Rainbow were once included. That's so beautiful. Is that not beautiful? How did you discover? I've listened to this one before. Instagram is how I discovered Instagram it. Instagram is the way we're learning everything. Because I was tagging the Plaza Hotel because, okay, 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 okay. okay, okay. Because the Plaza Hotel, hotel at the time of us recording this, Today. which is my Emerald City, if That's you are unaware right. of this, go back to our season one episode when we descend upon the Emerald City for the first time in the book. We talk about our own Travel personal. Travel down that road. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun. We talk about our own personal Emerald Cities, and yes. the Plaza Hotel is my yes. Emerald City. And it reopens ah! tomorrow, I think. Like, they're in, they're in this, like, um, like I think, like, invited-only mm, phase, like a VIP moment right now. They're going to reach out to us. So. My God, if you would like to have us, if, we would will... Would you like to sponsor us, we will take, listening? We will take a, a room in a corner with no view. Like, Literally <laughs> like a, box. a box. We will share a cot. <laughs> it is... I, dreams. We're gonna do that. Dreams to stay. Yeah, we're doing at that. the at the plaza. So yeah. I was tagging them because I'm like celebrating them because I freaking love the Plaza Hotel, and I discovered this through like the little sound tags you could do on Instagram. What? And I was like, what? And Whoa. this is why I love Wizard of Oz. I'm consistently shocked. Surprised which, by things. There's so much shocking stuff coming. This is ahead. shocking. Asbestos There's comes sh- back. What? Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Oh, you do know that. I think you're gonna be like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 Asbestos yeah, yeah, comes yeah. back. <gasps> we love asbestos. We love asbestos. <laughs> we love asbestos. There's some fire accidents. And some of these extras. There's lots of mustaches. Some of these extra extras in the Emerald extra. City scene 
had careers that I just want to like give a little <gasps> shout out to. Oh, okay, I'm into that. Well, I'll see you in the merry old land. We'll see you there. Listeners, we are so excited. We have left the poppy field. We woke up. We survived asbestos. I slash my soprano voice in the poppy field. <laughs> oh, octave down. And we have arrived. The yellow brick road, as you pointed out last time, it has come to an end. Complete stop. You can't go anywhere else. And we have arrived at the Emerald City at the front gate. So, Tara, I want to hear your bullets. Okay. Bullet point number one. Bewildered to finally be out of the woods and out of the dark, our astonished travelers listen to the angelic voices as they march up to the gate and bid it open, ringing the bell of the giant doors to the Emerald City, which seems to work well, only to be met with the pesky emerald cockroach of a fellow saying the opposite, snapping at them to read the notice. But what notice? Before befuddled himself, he hangs up the missing notice, whoops, that reads, Bell out of order. Please knock. And surprisingly answers with better customer service skills at the knock. (laughs) Come on, customer service skills. (laughs) Bullet point number two. This guard of the gate may be friendlier this go-around, but not easily convinced by our quartet and pup's request to see the wizard until he sees the ruby slippers in a sensible show-us-your-shoes Instagram boomerang moment and opens the gate to a permanent St. Patrick's Day party. Our friends immediately finding a cabbie who looks oddly familiar, with a horse of a different color to take them to the the wizard! The wizard! What is that voice? He's like, it's just really scrunched and tight and strange. But not first, before visiting the spa for a little brush brush here. Brush brush there. First. Oh my gosh. I love this. Bullet point number three. At the wash and brush up company, supreme pampering restuffs the scarecrow, reshines the tin man, gives Dorothy a new do, and manicures the lion's yes. claws, and all is going so well with oh and then dun 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 dun, dun, dun a boom crunch. Screams! <laughs> the Wicked Witch has a message for Dorothy written in black smoke across the sky, frightening and scattering the Emerald City citizens to rush towards the wizard's chambers with pointing fingers of fear. We love our points. Yeah, a they're boom all crunch. Like, it's all like... A it, boom crunch. It also, like, their arms are just kind of like unenergetically pointing, some of them. Uh, we're done for the day. We've been in makeup when for they so film this? long. 9pm. A boom crunch. A boom crunch. A boom crunch. A boom crunch. Um, I'm obsessed with all the sound effects, as usual. That was perfection. Thank you. I think we have some similarities. (gasps) Also, I just remembered, like, this is Act 2. This is the start of Act 2 in the stage version. We are halfway there. Makes sense. Like, curtain coming down on Emerald City. Right. You're like, da-da-da-da, and then Can you imagine if it came down on, like, (laughs) Wizard being like, Get me a broomstick. Get to me a broom. Goodbye. Like, God, what a, that would be like such an interruption. <laughs> What's happening? All right, bullet point number one. As the optimistic voices fade into the distance, mm-hmm. Dorothy and friends march up to a looming emerald door at the end of the road of yellow brick and ring the bell to come face to face with a somewhat familiar looking 
bewhiskered gentleman clad in green shouting, Who rang that bell? It's so screechy. Who eventually places a sign out front asking the visitors to knock and promptly disappears, only to reappear and open the gates <laughs> to admit our group upon seeing Dorothy's powerful ruby slippers. <gasps> Bullet point number two. Once inside, another familiar-looking gentleman prompts our friends to climb up into his carriage, promising to take them to see the wizard, but not before they tidy up a bit. And to Dorothy's great surprise, the cart is being pulled by a purple, then red, then yellow horse of a different color, leading them to the wash-and-brush-up code to be pampered with bows, restuffed with straw, and polished, all the while singing, Ho, ho, ha, ho, 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 the merry old land of Oz, whilst surrounded by the fiercest Emerald City citizens dressed in their finest. Oh, God, they're drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> they're drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> point number three. Their maniacal laughter singing <laughs> is, that's to me what it is, is suddenly rudely interrupted by a crack in the sky. A and boom, the, crunch. A boom, crunch, crunch. And the Emerald City citizens peer upwards to see the Wicked Witch of the West showing off some impressive skywriting skills to spell out, Surrender, Dorothy! Leading to mass hysterics and dispersing as the citizens shout, The wizard will explain it! Your favorite line. As our friends approach another familiar-looking guard, proclaiming to him that this here is Dorothy, leading the guard to leave to another room to see about admitting them to finally see the Wizard of Oz. Oh, you went further than I did. Just a smidge. It's just, all, you know, it all leads together. Um, did you know it was supposed to say surrender Dorothy or die? Or die. Or die. But that was quite scary for the children. Signed. For the children. WWW. <laughs> Denslow. WWW. Denslow. Wicked Witch West. Um, I love it. She's got to autograph it, you know? That is talent. And it didn't take her that long to write it. Well, it did injure a, st- a stand-in <laughs> it woman, did. which it was... we will definitely oh get to. Gosh, we will get into it. Okay. We have arrived. Okay. Something I learned was that this was shot out of sequence. They actually <gasps> shot Merry Old Land of Oz before they shot the Who Rang That Bell scene. No way. Yeah. So on January 5th, 1939, that was the shooting date for Merry Old Land of Oz in the Wash and Brush Up Company interior. And it was done in one continuous camera pan from right Whoa. to left, which, of course. Oh, cool. Not to get too, too into it um, right away, but there's some... Uh, questionable casting choices um, that, you know, in today's, like, awareness of body positivity and body honesty, that kind of makes a little cringy moment with the casting of the, in here, six leggy Quarians who were Dorothy's, like, attendants Mm -hmm. in there. We'll talk about that when we get Mm -hmm, there. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Okay. And then on January 14th through 17th, the scenes that cover the group's arrival at the Emerald City gates and the horse of a different color carriage ride, those got filmed. Okay, now we're going to look at the shooting scripts. This is the final script that was in their hands. What stayed in? What got cut? So the first description we get from this last script was that the doorman of the Emerald City gates is reminiscent of Professor Marvel. I wonder why he's reminiscent. reminiscent. Is it because it is It's him? the same person? <laughs> but with a pointed cap, like an old-fashioned nightcap. 
a scrubby mustache I would love and a to see funny that. red nose. I also have plenty to talk about with like his mustache drama. His, Did you he, research this? No, I need to hear all about oh, the mustache. Oh my gosh, we we'll go off roading there. Mustache, <laughs> mustache drama with uh, Frank Morgan, uh, who plays obviously the five characters, characters, Professor Marvel to the Wizard. Love it. Um, this also. In the final script, it did have the moment with the slippers and pressing the doorman enough that got them in to the gates. And then the script then shows us that Dorothy and her friends make their way down three or four marble steps to this buggy made of emeralds and green glass. (laughs) That's not the case. In the final film, it's just a standard appearing carriage. Yep. The cabbie is, in quotes, also Professor Marvel (laughs) in a different makeup and beard. He is as cockney as a costermonger. As I don't, a what? I don't know. I don't know what I just said. Ah. <laughs> the cabbie makes no mention of taking them anywhere, but they all board the buggy. And to Dorothy's amazement, the cream-colored horse has now turned a shade of purple, being the horse of different colors. So it seems like those lines, that dialogue, would get added in or improvised somehow. Right. Mm-hmm. And of course, this leads into Merry Old Land of Oz. Um, and we get to see the horse transform in hues. Here's... What I did not know that went, I went, <gasps> to. Tell me. In the final film, the horse changes from white to purple to red to yellow. And also, just to give a shout out, this is from our Bible, The Road to Oz by Jace Garbone and William Stillman. Um, a sequence with the horse also <laughs> colored blue was filmed but not used. There we was a blue horse. Poor, poor buddy. We were talking about that off camera. Off. Off camera. Off recording. <laughs> Thus, the horse's hues were to represent the predominant colors of the four countries surrounding the Emerald City. Whoa! In the Oz book. So another, like, Easter eggy moment that... I did not know that. ...kind of just got dismissed because... Oh, dang. That would have been so cool. So Gillikin's purple, Quadling's red, <gasps> Winky's yellow, and Munchkin's blue. That's what they oh, wanted to do. I love that. Isn't that crazy? A little homage to the, to the novel. Originally, <laughs> the wash-up... The Wash and Brush Up Company was the Wash and Brush Up Company LTD Incorporated. <laughs> so they were a little bit more um, capitalistic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Branded. of course, this all happens pretty much the same as the script said, except that Dorothy was given a facial massage instead of a new she hairdo. Deserves. She deserves both. She gets the new um, hairdo and Toto gets perfumed in the film version. <laughs> Toto, you stink. Toto, just a little spritz. <laughs> Safe for animals, hopefully. And then, of course, this is another thing that got changed. They were all going to strut on out of the shop singing one line for more off to see the wizard. Oh, that'd be cute. That would have been cute because remember we said we were like, we're on shore. Is this the last time we hear this? It was. As far as we know. My gosh, our Dorothy dolls are drunk. They just keep (laughs) falling on us (laughs) as we're recording. They're like, hi, we're here. Um, And then, of course, the procession is interrupted by a rumble of thunder. As the Wicked Witch swoops overhead, black smoke trailing from her broomstick, skywriting a call for Dorothy to surrender. This is great, because this got cut. Cut. (laughs) The Tin Man nervously quips, can't that female take no for an answer? Okay. Okay, Tin Man. Shady. Isn't that great? (laughs) Can't that female... Can't that female? I'm glad that got cut. Yeah, that's, that that would have taken my Jack Haley crush I down. Know. Much. Yeah, it doesn't. Age I'm really happy well. that was clip, clip, oh, yeah, clip, 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 clip there. Yeah. Um. Okay, so that's oh. the that's the script that they had to work with. So obviously things changed things a little. Things changed. Shall we start at the beginning of this scenery? Please to start. 
Do we you are have here. your weapons ready of research? My weapons of research. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's so much, Em. There's a lot of I wasn't know. ready. I don't I'm know sweating where to already. Be. It's I also know. hot. I don't Guys, know where to why begin. is it summer? What happened to spring? Okay. This is a lot. Well, <laughs> I also want to present real quick. Yeah. The Mario Land of Oz, the song. Mm-hmm. We got to perform that <gasps> this past weekend. Just shouting out the incredible Oz Festival at Chesterton. Thank you for doing that. Oh yes, my gosh. It was so much fun. It was we, our first one ever. We have to always thank Ryan J and Tori of the Oz Vlog for being our people who Champions. brought us in yeah. to this event. It was our first festival. Yeah. And we had a friend of ours who's one of our Patreons, Andreas, who reminded Andreas! us. He's going to be so excited. He reminded us that this was like kind of a big deal for yeah, us. Yeah, it was like, a good reminder. We want to be involved in festivals of preserving, of entertaining, this and like reimagining. we said we wanted to do like a year ago and we were brainstorming we were right like, Ooh, we could talk at oz festivals and right. it felt so far off and now it was like oh, it happened it happened it happened we were both like initiation adrenaline rush was so high it was super Blacking fun out. yeah <laughs> i Check still out the Instagram won't get over that M talked about dorothy and funerals in this dorothy interview i want it was to very good. say i'm i just started reading dorothy must die the prequels by daniel page daniel page and there's a whole section about funerals. Uh, we can get into it later. But oh gosh, I was like, back. there it is again. We know it's really funny. We're going down a little rabbit hole. Patrick, my husband, third roommate, and I were walking down our lovely um, avenue that we live on. And I believe it was in this episode that we presence this. We live about a couple blocks away from a funeral parlor. Yeah. So sometimes at any given moment, we can yeah. be you know, going to get our morning coffee, doing an errand. And, and there's, there's a, a coffin in yeah. front of us. It's just a normal thing of this it block. It has happened. It yeah, has happened. Times. It was happening that morning. Wow. And I was like, I'm pretty sure that I was like, Em and I totally talked about this on the podcast. And I was like, oh, my God, it was that episode about funerals. And I was like, oh, yeah, my we God. Did. We Em did. just brought up that episode uh, at this festival we were at. Like, an episode that I kind of forgot about, that we did talk about all those things. Yeah. But in case you don't know what we're talking about in the book. <laughs> Back to this. This is why it's funny, because it's like, who knows what we're talking about. Right. In the book, it is presenced, um, I believe, like, a little bit later on. Later probably on. with the wizard, I think. Yeah. Dorothy. Um, She's very concerned. She is super concerned that she needs to get back fast. Because otherwise, Uncle Henry and Aunt Em will have... A funeral for her. A funeral for her, and that costs a lot of money. And they can't afford it, which we found an interesting thing for a child to communicate. A child to think of. I would never have thought of that as a kid. No, and she's like, I don't want that burden to be placed on their shoulders. So we had a moment with that in season one, and we (laughs) We had a moment with that at the festival. Yes. But yeah, it's actually kind of amazing how um synchronistic yeah this moment is right now yeah. that we're right now in the merry old land of oz we sang we at this sang festival it. it feels very exciting yeah. also like that reopening yeah. energy that i'm trying to embrace <gasps> yes. but, but i also feel like a weird ugly squawking duckling <laughs> squawking duckling <laughs> a, a squawky duckling trying to embrace this like new normal. where are we what is life yeah, oh my yeah, gosh yeah well new normal is still like you're zooming in to things right. <laughs> that are far away you are you. still zooming all yes. right, so here we are. Here we are. We have these beautifully painted backdrops that we mentioned last time. Yes. Can I have a? I have a little comment to make. Yes. On those backdrops, because this is one of my favorites. I love the puzzle PC meadow mm-hmm. that is off to the side. I love that. I've always yeah. loved that as a kid. And I planes. always wanted them to go further in there into, into that. It. Yeah. 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 It's also so open. Like there's nothing around the Emerald City. It's a very yeah. um, 
wide open spaces. It's a secluded paradise. Yeah. End of the road. Do they know about the poppies, Emerald City citizens? Are they like going out there? I don't think they know. Are they going out there? Are they getting high? Are they getting some hits? I can see that. It's like sniff, sniff here, sniff, sniff there. A sniff, sniff here. Maybe we can like do cannabis ads eventually on this podcast. For the poppy field. For the, yeah. Yeah. We could have some We're ready. sponsorship. So if you sell cannabis, let us know. We'll let you. us know. Um, I don't know why my brain went there. It's, you know, y'all, I'm on very little sleep. So here we are. Okay. Okay. So we're going back to our friend, Buddy Gillespie. Um, he was a technical director and designer yes. on this production. He is the man, the myth, the legend behind the tornado. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a quote of his about the matte paintings that were surrounding mm-hmm. the exterior of the Emerald City. If you want to show something, say, St. Patrick's Cathedral or a 10-story building, and you don't have the money Mm -hmm. to do it, all you have to do is build the aisle of St. Patrick's or build up to the third story of your building. This blew my mind reading this. Mm -hmm. Then you can have a person walk down the aisle or hang out the second-story window, and you photograph them with a stationary camera, a camera that's tied down. The top of the cathedral or the upper part of the building is painted. Then the painting is photographed, Mm. and the pieces of film are put together. So all of the studios except MGM made their matte paintings with oil paints on white cardboard or on glass. I died over this. MGM's matte paintings were always done with crayon pastels on black cardboard. It feels like the preschool of matte paintings. I really love it. The ones for The Wizard of Oz were four feet wide. Um, Mm. I think we talked about this last time, Mm -hmm. just re-bringing it back. Although matte paintings varied from a minimum of 16 to a maximum of 48 inches so just Mm. another shout out to the technicolor special effect department um and all the like all yeah that department just had a lot on their plate going on and they handled it really well um i love the photos in al jean's book where it has like the matte painting on the outside and then the filmed footage in the middle it's it's ingenious it's very helpful to see it yes to see how they like combined made it it work they meshed them together yeah Okay, shall we actually? But here get we into are. We're yes. in the scene. <laughs> okay. Can we talk about his like aversion to loud noises? Because that doorbell Who clearly works. It clearly works. And he says that it is out of order. But it is not. Tis not. It also made me think about all the signs <laughs> that are on doors these days with like, please wear your mask inside. Like true. It made me think about that. That's <laughs> oh what it gosh, would say that's now. So true. Please wear your mask. Masks required masks required no, mask, no service yes that's gonna like, be a new thing some people have gotten so creative with how, with to, how to word to, those mm-hmm. masks but now i mean this is a great moment to pause this is like we're in this place of like <laughs> conflicting information no or- more masks but like also yes wear them it's so confusing it's so confusing i mean <sighs> the cdc is doubling down that they're like if you're vaccinated live your life i was laughing so hard when I watched SNL this last week, because their their whole opening skit was about, like, groups of people walking on and being like, I'm this kind of person, and this is my life. I'm from this household. Do we wear a mask? And it was always like, I don't know. It's so confusing how we're right. all trying to figure out this mishmash puzzle piece of things. I was coming back from my workout, and... The coffee shop owner was like, you don't have to wear your mask in here to me. And I really? said, oh, okay. I, and haven't, I haven't heard that. I, like, wow. took it down, um, and then I 
as my like drink was being made, I was doing something like on mm-hmm. my phone, and then he he said like my order was up, and I instantly put it right back over. Right, my like mouth. I'm walking to. And someone. then I commented on that. I was like, look at how instant that was. Yeah. Like, I didn't even think. Like I immediately just put it right back over yeah. my mouth. We're to, conditioned to yeah, think that way. Yeah, it's conditioned, now. and but yeah. it is so interesting. I mean, we have. I think like what I'm like CDC. I wish like you just like have to think about small businesses who are going to be like, well, how can we tell who's vaccinated? We, that's that's what, the weird part is like no yeah. idea. My workout place is asking me to bring in my vaccination yeah, card. Yeah, your vaccination card. Um, to be sense. able to work out without a mask. I could start working I mean, out without a mask, though. That's so exciting. I, I mean, mean, I feel like that that's the it's best a new working way out. to do it, right? It's like, here's my proof. Right. But then I've also heard that that's like rude. Rude? Like, to ask people. Like, I've heard that that... To assume. To assume, or, like, there's, like, tricky language there. Right. So I'm like, oh, God, like, how do we navigate this? And I think a lot, again, like, how, like, teachers had so much put on their plate at the top of this, this pandemic. This is how, like, business owners... But it's, like, yeah, it's, like, people yeah. having, like, another curveball that, like, no one's really telling you exactly what to do, but on top of your already busy life, it's like you have to... It's, like, awkward. Yeah. I feel like it'd be easier, like, I want to get tickets to go see the Yankees, and they have on their website, like... You either show us your vaccination card or that, your I test, think great. your test, your negative test if you're not vaccinated from like the past three days. But they're such a big corporation that's so different from your local coffee shop where you can't really have someone at the door being like, "Show us that." That's this, that's more awkward. This and is not my possible, first you know? coffee shop with maskless. That's so weird. Attendance, I like, had yeah. That. In New York. I mean, Arizona. I was in Arizona <laughs> recently. I'm visiting my in-laws. That was different. Very different. But actually yeah. not. It depended where we were. Yeah. Like, near, we're in Arizona. Yeah. yeah. Tucson, Phoenix area was still pretty much everyone had a mask on who was in a service worker of yeah. any kind. Some places, though, no. Wow, and then we went to surreal. a more like um, a smaller town. And no one had masks on. And there was a huge, like, town <laughs> festival. So we were the only ones in masks. And I felt like... It must have been ah! so weird. It was so weird. Well, I totally read the directions wrong. I thought it was just, like, you don't have to wear a mask anywhere. <laughs> like, the first no, day. No, subway, you have to. I yeah. was on the subway, and I was like, oh, I won't wear it. Like, let's see how this feels. I was the only person. And I was like, I guess everyone's, like, scared. And then I realized, <sighs> yeah, it's Emily, like you're wrong. You're supposed to wear it on the subway. Yeah, so was I was that person areas. who people were like... <laughs> well, this is why signs are important. Yeah. Bring, Thank you, sign. Bringing, bringing us it back. to our point. Thank you, doorman. But I just think it's funny that he, like, has some sort of aversion to, like, loud noises or something's going on with him. I, uh, I'm not sure. This cockroach costume. Not cockroach. This is my favorite, as we know, costumes designed by Adrian. Yes! And it has, like, these Saturn, like, rings of Saturn kind of feeling on his sleeve. He looks like Robin Williams in that Martian (gasps) show. Oh my gosh, he does. Mork and Mindy. Thank you. I read his (laughs) biography. Thank you. Um, Yeah, this costume is one of the best. And he has these funny little, like, curls on top of his head. Do you want to hear more about his mustache? Tell us. Yeah, begin the mustache drama. Are you dying to hear more? I must know. During the making of The Wizard of Oz, Frank Morgan's trademark mustache. Mustache. Or the lack thereof persistently made news. In April 1939, Photoplay reported on the actor's melancholy pining for his lost mustache, noting he had it for 10 years and the Wizard of Oz made him shave. 
By July 1939, Radio Mirror told of Morgan's proposed remedy. Frank Morgan, as you know, has been going around lately without his mustache. Like, phone the presses without his mustache. Much to the consternation of news photographers and autograph hounds. Autograph hounds, what an excellent (laughs) verbiage. They have failed to recognize him, so he's like also like unrecognizable without his mustache. That feels right. Frank cut off the facial adornments to play his role in The Wizard of Oz, but he is growing a bigger and better mustache, like a toothbrush bristle, says Frank. So Frank's like, don't worry, y'all. This mustache will be back and better than ever. So one of the reasons they wanted him to shave was so he could have a variety of beards and different matching hair pieces for all these multiple disguises, because obviously he plays all these different different characters. characters, Um, So when he's the palace guard, he was originally tested in a huge green beard. Did you know that? Mm, I I feel like I've seen those, yeah. Because that would have also been, Mm -hmm. like, our friend in the book who had that beard. Right, the long beard, yeah. That would be fun. Um, What? Rip Van Winkle? Rip Van Van Winkle Winkle. beard. That's hard to say. Um, as the coachman, he was envisioned to be clean-shaven, and as the bald wizard, Morgan was to wear only a lock of hair over his forehead that moves when he is agitated. That is a very specific request. <laughs> moves when he is agitated. So, how fascinating. So they, they wow. made him shave, and that apparently was, like, super disruptive to his whole his brand. His whole life. The mustache is Frank Morgan. That is him. But all these, like, little, I guess, Drama. mustache pieces they use on him look authentic. They look great. Yeah. I read in the Wizardry of Oz, all manner, I love that book. all manner of bald caps and hair pieces were tested for Frank Morgan, not only for his role as the wizard, but the four other parts that he plays. Given Morgan's star status and top billing in the picture, yeah. he was personally made up by Jack Don, the aluminum powder man, himself. Get him away! Get him away! <laughs> well, Oscar nominee... <laughs> Frank Morgan. Let's Oscar just put that in there. Nom. I forget which book this is in. I'm blanking on which one, but there's a photo of like Frank on the Tin Woodman's cottage set, like in a rando costume, just being like, hey, is this good? <laughs> like it's one of those moments. He's like, I'm done, right? He's like, hey, Victor, does this work? This is what you want. I can go to lunch now. And then he's like, can I go to lunch? Like, yeah, that's what I totally picture. <laughs> I'm done. Like, he's I in for costume done. fittings while they're filming the cottage. Oh my gosh. What a star. <laughs> what a star. Okay, so we get this whole what notice. I'm obsessed mm-hmm. with his handography. Handography? It's on the door, as plain as the nose on my face. He, like, <laughs> I know, his, like, cockroach yeah, fingers. Yeah. Cockroach is the he's best way a to cockroach. describe it. <laughs> he studied cockroaches to do this part. Like the most extra. <sighs> he's I so excellent. But the, I love I, that line. I love this whole pattern because it's, like, totally, I mean, I know, like, Ray and Jack and Bert were probably, like, um, shaping this like in like vaudevillian style yes, of like yes. we answer together go yeah, back da, da, da. yeah it's very what notice it's yeah. very um musical and yes. it's rhythm which is There's so cool a pattern yeah so he realizes oh the sign is not there he retrieves it i love i always loved the way they read this slowly together as you just mentioned bell out of order Please knock. We must read it all together. Wear your mask. (laughs) Wear your mask. They knock again, and he reappears, asks them to state their business. They want to see the wizard. (laughs) And he, multiple times, all of the characters he plays, whenever they mention the wizard, he is, like, gobsmacked. He's shocked that they even mention. He's flabbergasted. 
And I wrote in my notes. I was like, this is, okay, I feel, this is my first twinge of suspicion. Like, I, I mean, we know what happens, but putting myself in the shoes of someone who doesn't know the story, I'm like, this seems sketchy. What do you mean? Why, why does he look so surprised when you mention the wizard? Is there a wizard? I'm starting to think. I'm nervous. Right. Like, I'm nervous. Well, our girl, she questions How it. do you know there is one? Because he says, I've not, even I've never seen him. So yeah, That's, Dorothy that questions. That does not give me comfort. I know there is one. And this is like classic Frank Morgan, flustered. <laughs> so flustered. AF. <laughs> because uh, you're wasting my time. It's so good, though. That he's, is not good. He's so good at that flustered. Yeah. Ugh, that flustered improvising he does. Yes. Because yeah. yeah. even I'm like, the script that I have is trying to capture the exact yeah. rhythm. It's pretty great. <laughs> it says, generally just presents what they have written. What they wrote. Because he's a... B- I, oh, you're wasting my time. That's what it's in here. Is that the same for you? Mine says, because he, dot, 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 ah, dot, 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 B, dash, I, dash, O, dash, you're wasting my time. That script did not say that. They, like, they're imitating. I think they put this in for Frank, after Frank. I don't think it said that before. Yes, yes. But also, like, a theme of deflection is going to be coming up. That's Which like another definitely thing rubbed to me the wrong way. Well, yeah, and we're also like this is pertinent to the times so to draw pertinent. some parallels of like it made me mad. Yeah, and like I've I think, never felt mad before that. I've never felt mad either, but I <laughs> no, think I do. we're seeing so much of like what we're fighting for now in this yeah. year of 2021, wanting yeah. to see um, real equitable change mm-hmm. happening, and then it just feels like Deflected. this whole let's just deflect, let's send them. But to you're the so spa. hopeful that they're like okay. They're just continuing on, and you're like, oh, God. Oh, I know. I know. Oh, yeah, go to the spa. Go to the spa. Some superficial stuff, yeah. I also love this little moment that comes right up. Um, Dorothy's pretty quick with, um, you know, after this cockroach (laughs) (laughs) says, like, you're wasting my time, which that's pretty, that's pretty, like, pesky and pertinent. Right. And she goes right to like, oh, well, the Good Witch of the North sent me. Yeah. Name and drop. Then the Scarecrow also steps in with the brains. Smart, smart, smart. Um, being like, girl has a reputation. Look at her feet. She's wearing those slippers. And it makes me think of like, again, how much we base things off of visuals rather than truth. Like, it's another moment of Right. That. He was not willing to give them a moment of his time until he saw this Those could be fake. Representation. Those could be. As we know about the history of the ruby slippers after this film, have they, people create fake ruby slippers? Yes. Have they all been the authenticated? Time. Where? <laughs> yeah. Give us the stitch work. So now we know. If we ever want to go to the Emerald City, just let's get some ruby red shoes and be like, "Hey, come hey, come here in. it is." Well, I was wondering, in for him, what does he know about the slippers? That's you know? the big thing because I wrote that. Like, who? I said, "What is the reputation of the ruby slippers?" Yeah, because he instantly was like, "Oh." Come inside. I feel like, you know what, in the Emerald City Citizen newspaper, which I'm guessing is like the Emerald City Gazette or something like that. Yes. There's there's probably been lots of reports on like the power of them. The power of the Ruby Slippers, the <laughs> yeah. fact that I bet something was reported in this time that they've been missing. Yes. You know, who are knows? They? Who knows what Someone the whisperings are of yeah. the citizens? I also love the music behind when she show when the camera pans to her shoes. They have a little bit of over the rainbow. Playing. Oh yeah, of course. It's so so like, romantic. Oh. And that does the trick. And there it is. He says, bust my buttons. Bust my freaking buttons. Bust my freaking buttons. And he says our favorite phrase, that's a horse of a different color. So I was curious, where the heck did this phrase come from? It was more or less invented by Shakespeare. 
More in, or less. More or less. Shakespeare. <laughs> so in Twelfth Night, Shakespeare writes, My purpose is, indeed, a horse of that color. Meaning, my aim is indeed something similar to that. So it, it was like a similarity. But then eventually it was changed to a difference rather than a likeness. Huh. As in, I don't know what this is, Anthony Trollope's Last Chronicles of Barset in the 1800s. What did you think of his wife? That's a horse of another color altogether. So it started out with Shakespeare. I just thought that was fun. I love it. And they take it very literally in this context. They take it so literally. (laughs) Yes, they do. The gates open. Okay, the gates open and we have to pause immediately for fashion. All the fashion. (laughs) Tell. I mean, this is wild. I want to know. This is wild. If you have a favorite (laughs) costume, eh? Um, of the Emerald City Citizens. We can go through the scene and, like, talk about it coming yes. up. But, like, I would love to know what your favorite leader hosen is. Okay. Well, there's one. I think they're later on as they're going into the wash and brush up yeah. co. Uh-huh, there's, uh-huh. like, those girls with, like, glitter. Like, glitter. Me too. Me too. The glitter, like, hat. I was, like. Like, glitter handmaid's style. I need that. Yeah. yeah. They're, like, they're fully there. covered head to toe, but yeah. it's glitter. So they look really fierce. Yeah. They or look I want beautiful. a shirt that says Oz on it. I have that shirt. You, you have it. it. I could borrow you it. You could borrow it. Okay. So costumes. God, Going lead, back to Adrian. The leader hosen, though. The leader hosen. Like, it's some like European. It's like art deco. Yeah. Oh, is that what you were talking about? It's like an art deco derivative. Deco derivative. Deco, d- art deco derivative. Eurocentric, yeah. I would say, too. Like, there's a lot of like, oh, I'm at a beer garden. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm at an Easter parade. Yes, that like, is exactly There's what it a is. lot of moments of confusion. I just, before yes. you go into it, I also think it's really interesting right off the bat, we see trios. Mm-hmm. We see leader grouping. Yeah, we see the Germans. Um, <laughs> we see Lederhosen. <laughs> the ball gowns. Then we see these like really like swanky like mm-hmm. haltery green gowns, gowns with um, Easter bonnet. Um, and we see like I love the reflective floors too. But yeah, we mm-hmm. see like pairings and groupings, which mm-hmm. I think is just a theme in us. Like it's interesting. You are twinning all the time in us. I think it's a little. Not creepy, but like, hmm. oh yeah, questionable. Like, why are you in groupings? It's Qu- a little um. Oh, completely questionable. Yeah. All right, costume time. Okay, costumes. All right, so from the Wizardry of Oz, just as the Munchkins were defined by select characters, the citizens of the Emerald City were also assigned roles. Although different from the novel, where Bomb said that the Emerald City citizens were the same size as Munchkins. Wait, that's in the novel. That's in the novel. Hold that's up. what Wizardry of Oz told me. Is it? That's what that's what he said. My brain does not. Am I, li- I didn't remember it, but I believe them. I'm question marking. We'll we'll pull it up. Okay. Um, I don't remember that. In the script, it was noted that the Emerald City citizens were all actual adult size. We'll go back. We'll research. Um, so the extras the extras required, uh, as John Fricky also told us, were to total three hundred to three hundred and fifty people. It was obviously an extensive number of performers, more than Munchkinland. So the wardrobe department was working overtime, dyeing fabrics green en masse. Um, Here are a few actual breakdowns. So you tell me who you want to play. They're all open to you. Um, Extras needed for background (laughs) atmosphere included 20 men shopkeepers, 10 street vendors, 25 townsmen gentlemen, 20 shopkeeper wives. What? <laughs> 25 women wives of the gentlemen. 25 girls age 18 to 25. 
41 assorted townswomen, 100 assorted townsmen. Who do you want to be? Well, what about the one band leader? Do you want to be the band leader? <laughs> the one band leader. And the one man to lead triumphal procession on foot. One man. And the two city guards to follow a leader in procession. I mean, these breakdowns are just They're Jewish. so intense. It's so wonderful. Apparently, they come from Rose Meltzer, mm. um, who worked in the wardrobe department and had this, like, temporary list of people requiring costumes oh my in the early um, July pre-show time in 1938. I think I... Also, girls 18 to 25 years. Did you see that one? Girls 18, yep, 25 of them. I can't fit that. (laughs) (laughs) I can't fit that either. We're beyond. I'm beyond that. We are beyond. I would like to play, I'm going to make up one. Okay, who do you want I would like to play um, Gentlemen Husbands of the Wives. Could we have that? I know, right? It's all like, they are the wives (laughs) of the gentlemen. It's so annoying. Um, I read that whenever possible, maybe this is... This is interesting. Whenever possible, groups of Emerald City extras with similar measurements would be, like, categorized according to the costume roster. So they were just like, you are similar. This puts less work for us. I haven't gotten – I was up for, like, a national tour um, that made it down to the very end for – and I got, like, a nice phone call at the end being like, hey, this is why you didn't get it. Was it measurements? It was measurements. Oh, God. Yeah. I hate that. It was measurements. But also, even harder, a returning company member who already fit the costumes. Like, oh, you can't I've heard of that happen with so that. many So, so I was many like, times. I didn't feel bad, though. Like, yeah. It was one of those moments where I was change. like, oh, my God, I can literally not control There's that. There's nothing and you like, could have done. Obviously, that makes more sense for budgeting purposes. I totally get it. But yeah. anyways, moving forward. Yeah. Love these costumes. Um, since we're here, one thing about... What the f- color were the costumes? Um, I think they were green, but, like, I don't know. Um, Wait, could we? <laughs> I think. I love this quote from Vera, because I also just love the name Vera. Vera Mordaunt. It's, it's a great name. Fancy I name. believe she is um, from the wardrobe department. Okay. She's also over this job. We're going to talk about her for a minute. <laughs> She's over. Green shoes, green stockings, green uh. dresses, green coats. We could buy some of the material, but we had to dye the rest. We dyed all the stockings. You can't get emerald green in cotton hose. Cotton hose. She's so over it. Emerald green can only be done successfully on silk materials or on wool. And <gasps> you couldn't buy green Ooh. shoes, so we had to dye all the shoes. So lots of that dyeing. That is so much dyeing. Their hands were probably, like, messed up. She is also... I guess Vera was in control of orchestrating some elements of costumes. <laughs> <laughs> she says, I had four girls and I kept them busy because we had so much to die for that picture. When one of the big numbers had to be ready, we'd go into work at seven in the morning and work until eight or 10 oh. or 12 o'clock at night. Not we get up at 12 and start to work. at They one. got up at seven. They got up at 4 a.m. and started to work. <laughs> and they worked at eight until the night. No lunch break. No hour for lunch. And then at midnight, we're done. We're done. Jolly. Freaking they fun. freaking fun. <laughs> but this is Thank the you, best. Vera. Here's no way. Oh, Vera. Wait. What? Here's the sass. Oh, no. The most oh, boring no. job was done. <laughs> the most <laughs> boring job. You have to tape the soles out, stuff the insides of each. I feel like Vera's here. You have to. You have embodied you Vera. Have to tap, mm-hmm. You have to tape the soles out, stuff the insides of each pair. And there were boxes of shoes. Oh, Satin shoes. Dance shoes. Things that had been used in other pictures and were left over. Gosh, I, um, this is Tara now, I 
hate when I have to wear a pair of character heels that have been broken in by someone else's feet. And they're not comfortable at all. Oh my god, there's nothing worse. My feet always want to die. It is not good for your feet at all in any way. I get blisters every time. It's something no one thinks about, but it literally affects everything. Yeah. It affects... Oh my god. I've had so many shoe issues in shows, because I'm also a size 10. They're like, people, like, costume people, like, give me crap sometimes. And I'm like... What am I supposed to uh, do? This is my foot. You gotta figure it out. I'm I'm fired up. Okay, and then she says, (laughs) I had this new girl, and I thought, well, she's new, so she can do it. Hey, new girl. She's like, you do the shoes. I'm over it. I brought her the spray gun. I brought her the spray gun and showed her how to mix the dye. She worked along and along on that thing. Along and along. And about two days later, somebody said, aren't you getting bored to death with those shoes? She looked up so surprised, and I said, I was just thinking how wonderful it was. To be doing this and get be getting paid for it. Well, <laughs> that would be me. That would be you. I'm like, yay! And I would be. I'm doing Vera. terrible work. But... I'd be Vera. Like, thank God she's doing that. <laughs> Isn't that magical? Also, I love Vera. I just love Vera. look at this close up that is pictured on page two thirty seven of looks... the making of book by <laughs> Al Jean. It's a close up of Frank Morgan as the coachman. He looks very. Distraught. It looks like he's going over his lines. He looks very focused. He looks kind of really just, focused, like, dreaming about not being there anymore. That also might be Judy. <gasps> that looks like no. That's Bobby. That looks like Bobby and Scarecrow. Scarecrow's double, double in the background. Who we don't know who that is. He's probably like, I don't want to be here if the doubles are here. <laughs> Why are the doubles here? Why are the doubles here and I'm here? Um, I love Vera. Um, also obsessed with makeup man William Tuttle. Hey, William. So he was in charge of all of this makeup for Emerald City. He also assisted with the Winkies, which we'll get into. Um, but he was in charge of painting the red spots on the cheeks of the starlets appearing in the Emerald City se- sequences. Those, like, very bright cheeks. Those are so bizarre to me. I why is why, that in? No idea why he did that. Um, make, I did do that for Grinch. We had, like, yeah, really, really... You almost... You look like a cartoon, and it, that's, I think, what they yeah, were going for. It shifted for Grinch my first year on tour, super heightened. Second year... Let's be more realistic was like a approach. <laughs> of course. I love it. So several actors, again, were assigned specific roles for these scenes. The minister, the man who leads the triumphal procession. That's you. And That's so me. on. Um, women wives. Women. <laughs> women wives. Um, so apparently the peasants, the, pe- the they keep calling them the peasants. <laughs> I don't know why. They, they Listen, seem like y'all. they're doing well. These peasants. These peasants. Are great. <laughs> They were made to resemble China dolls and toy soldiers, probably in concession to the dainty China country chapter in the original novel. Okay, Easter egg. Right? Females received standard pancake makeup, ew, which included false lashes and a large red circle on each cheek. Affecting the wooden soldier look, however, was more time-consuming. Each man received Mm. a bald cap and facial makeup, which might have included sideburns and a mustache, Emerald City Guards were given Cyrano de Bergerac noses oh, to create the enameled look of the townsmen's glossy hairlines. Thick black paint was simply brushed directly onto the bald caps. Jack Young recalled the days when a seemingly infinite number of extras required makeup. Quote, Office boys were borrowed for the early start and were given trays that, to the layman, looked like trays of hors d'oeuvres. Divo- Is that how you say that? Orders. Orders. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not editing that out. Orders. I mean, that's usually me. I'm usually struggling to pronounce something, and you're like, it's this. Or divorce. I mean, it does look weird written. I I see you. I see you. 
Continue on. Don't judge me all. I'm not judging you at all. Piled with different appliances, the kids would go along the makeup line, and the makeup men would take whatever appliances they would need for that particular makeup. The different steps were assigned to different people. For instance, those who excelled in appliances would put on the noses, then the beard. (laughs) Hairdressers would add wigs. The same procedures were used for the townspeople. Caps. Base. Hairdress. A real mass production line. Okay. Um, They also would call... The hair, the makeup and hairdressing union for freelance makeup men to work and give them per diem because it was just so intense. Okay. Also, something I read in the Road to Oz book that during this period of time, this filming, another open invitation was extended to outsiders, <gasps> so like press yes, would come in. Yeah. Yet again, this like opening moment, I think a lot of people witnessed, yeah. which is pretty cool that we're talking about. Um, yes. And Mervyn Leroy is quoted um, on February 1st by Harrison Carroll um, in his column talking about he gave I think he gave the journalist like a personally conducted tour of Emerald City. And he Mm. explained like kind of the vibe of Emerald City a little bit. Mm -hmm. We figure the picture has to be more than just a fairy tale. So we're treating it like a Zegfeld show. Like a Billy Burke's a Billy husband, Burke husband. show, <laughs> having the characters sing and dance. Um, Carol, who recounted all this, his was this was a really good press story because he was super impressed by the set. He said, "Like, oh my gosh, they have more dollars in this picture than any other picture since the fabled Ben Hur." Oh wow! Boyd Martin, who was visiting from Louisville, Kentucky, another reporter said in his paper, I can assure you that the picture will be a riot of color and the unusual. I visited particularly the Emerald City, which had all the atmosphere, bombs, description, and W.W. Denslow's illustrations. And then Mitchell Woodbury, this is the best one. This Mitchell! Is we're going to get into, like, what these people looked like, kind of, you know, off. He caught this. He caught this moment. Okay. So he came in for the horse of a different color sequence. Um, he was really intrigued by the downtime. Like, he, that's Ooh, yeah, all he yeah, wanted yeah. to write Document. about. So he said that this is what usually happened when, like, Victor, after Victor Fleming would yell, print, um, and the actors would disperse. Judy Garland, whom Woodbury described as wearing a wig of flaming red hair with pigtails, oh, dashed for wig. her portable dressing room. Bert Lahr sat down and unzipped his skin suit in an effort to cool off. Jack Haley made for his vertical reclining perch. Only Ray Bulger was sociable, stopping to momentarily chat with Woodbury. So he came over and chatted with the journalist. Um, Bulger confided that his morning makeup application lasted an hour, but by mid-afternoon it began tightening up and pulling on his skin. Here's the fun. Then at noon... Hot lunch was at one. It's at noon. Woodbury encountered a weird sight at lunch. Dozens of Emerald City extras, all attired in green with black patent leather-like skull caps, like you were telling yes. us. Resembling Orson Welles' Martian characters. Oh that was, gosh. in fact, the joke around the studio, as Woodbury put it. Mars Attacks, the MGM Commissary. Also, <laughs> had a Hopper, would describe Hedda lunch hour. I also heard rumors that she might be in, like, an Emerald City back... Or, like, one of the reporters was... It's either Luella stop, or Hedda. Stop. I have to research that. Stop. In the studios... Oh, she said that the studio's okay. restaurant resembled St. Patrick's Day. Oh, my gosh, yes! <laughs> I mean, that's so great. The MGM lot was just infiltrated. Super crowded, too, at this time. all of these costumes. Yeah. Wow. I love that. So here we are, getting here the cab. We are! Get in here! I have one little thing to say about the cab. Tell us about the cab! So, of course, before we get to the cab, 
I'm in now the 75th anniversary companion, oh. and their Emerald City section reminds us that the Emerald City was most likely inspired by the author Al Frank Baum's mm-hmm. visit to the Imperial White City, the core attraction of Chicago's 600-acre Columbian Exposition in 1893. Mm-hmm. Worth, re- worth restating. Restating, yeah. That's a really big thing. Yeah. We talked about this if you want to travel on back to our episodes on the Emerald City with the book. We get into great detail with that. Yes. Um, at night, the pristine buildings were illuminated by electric lights, which caused them to shimmer with ever essence, not unlike Baum's fictional Mecca. To those unaccustomed to electricity, it was an extraordinary, extraordinary sight to behold, which is mm, very, very true. Wow. Um, so just putting that back in everyone's brains yes um also just want to say this before this is the only scene that i'm like we're clearly indoors 100 percent. we are indoors i'm not tricked no this is a lobby of a hotel (laughs) like right yeah oh yeah we're inside and this is why i often compare the my beloved plaza Plaza to to emerald Emerald city City. because it's like not a city it's a hotel we yes (laughs) this is for sure i like that comparison it's a lobby But, like, this reporter, I'm just reading really quickly, um, Milton Barker, um, he was so blown away by the Emerald City interior. Yeah. He said it covered a stage 300 feet square, (gasps) and it is the most beautiful set your reporter has ever seen. That's so sweet. Your Your reporter. reporter. There is every shade of green imaginable, and the floors glisten like a mirror, and every shot, a dozen men with huge mops go over it carefully to remove every fleck of dust. That's so cool, too. Okay. To the carriage, um, we talked about in the original scooting, scooting, the original shooting script, um, that it was supposed to be this, like, Cinderella. Right, beautiful, yeah. emerald encrusted. Yeah, no, yeah. scratch. Um, Get rid of that. It was rented from the Overland Stables nearby. It's just, like, <laughs> it was a carriage that has been in That use. has been used by real horses. Horses. Right. Isn't that great? I love that note. Just wanted to presence that because I think that's just funny. Like they were like, eh, carriage. we don't really need to. Scratch that. We don't really need well, to spend the set, as you, I love that you presence how beautiful this set is. It was the largest interior set on this film. Set designer James Roth, uh, decades later, <gasps> was quoted. I don't think we met him. Roth. He says, my chief, co- my chief recollection is of the Emerald City set, which was terrific. It was just an outstanding set, and he would... Be, remain impressed and talk about it like decades later but something about the floor that I found so fascinating because it I remember seeing it and being like that looks really slippery and scary because it's so shiny oh, that is wipeout floor uh so for for these sets eight by four feet sheets of the one four one quarter inch thick material were nailed to the wooden stage floors when spray painted lacquered waxed and polished it created the same high-gloss look as the dazzling surfaces that Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers swirled yes. across in their popular 1930s films. Like, this feels so MGM. Yeah. The Masonite gave completely. the illusion of a gleaming marble floor, yet provided the friction necessary to sustain spinning, leaping, and dancing without slipperiness. The flooring was low-maintenance, but as you mentioned, required frequent mopping between takes. And yeah, those same kinds of sheets were used later on. Um, but as you mentioned, people were just so excited to visit this set and found it so gorgeous. Um, and the, throughout, John Fricke also told us the Emerald City was decorated with green blown glass spires. Yeah. Blown glass? What? 
The walls were made of mortar skins contrived by the blaster shop. People do, like, um, blown glass projects (gasps) of Emerald City. Don't fall down that rabbit hole. You will die. (laughs) I've already done it. I'm doing it today. It's really beautiful. You've tempted me It's really beautiful. There's so much there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. um, In the Wizardry of Oz, they just talk about this whole process of, like, the plaster of the skins and the molds and the imprints to give different textures to the walls. It's like, man, they had they did a lot of work to make this look so gorgeous. Sparkling queen. Sparkling. Wow. Love the floor. I mean, it's super it, I love I love this. I also yeah. just want to say before we go to the horse. The horse we, we gotta, have to we have to We got to give the horses, <laughs> horses. multiple horses mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um some some love. Yeah. I never noticed this. This is now like a new thing I like paused on in the rewatch. Is the doors being open and looking back out at the road behind them? Yes. Oh my gosh. That beautiful back. My breath. Yeah. My breath was taken away. I was like, look at the yellow brick road. Look how far they've come. And that's a, it seems like a whole new backdrop. I don't, it it didn't feel recycled. It felt like completely new. Completely new. But I'm also like, is that a different yellow brick road? Because it's in like a lot of open land and we know they just came from woods. Mm. So I was just like, I don't what know what that, that is. Yeah. If it's like an in between before the woods, because yeah, it maybe could... it's like at an angle. Yeah, because yeah. the Emerald City has yeah. a great. It's positioned pretty well. Yeah, it has a great view. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to Down the Yellow Brick Pod. If you are feeling frisky with your fingertips, scroll on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a glowing rate and review. Each person who leaves us a review will be entered to win our end-of-the-season Oz giveaways, including a gift basket of musical adaptation goods, which, trust me, you aren't going to want to miss. All previous reviews will also be considered in our entries. We see you. Until next time, catch us at Down the Yellow Brick Pod in our Technicolor scrapbook on IG and partying on our Patreon gratitude to our patrons of present and future for making more magic possible. Let's escape to Oz soon, okay? TTYL!